0: 12, 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. May God bless the reading and the hearing of his word. But, you know, I kind of like that little sway that she does when she reads. That puts a little motion with her, her reading. Uh, thank you, Hannah, for sharing that with us. God has spoken in so many ways this morning already. Um, the challenge now is for us to hear what God has to say through the message that uh that I've prepared. But you know, there are three messages. The one I prepare, the one I deliver, and the one you hear. And they're not always the same, but the Spirit of God will take these words and use them in your life. If the eyes of our hearts are open and our minds are ready to receive what God has to say, to us. Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 that we have just heard um, is been our theme for this month. And we have uh, looked at that from different perspectives. Um, but today I'd like to to use that as a as a jumping off spot to talk about what he's what Paul is trying to say. Paul starts by saying therefore and that word therefore connects what's coming afterwards to what took place before that. And what Paul is saying, therefore, because of what God has done, then present your bodies before God as a living sacrifice. So this morning, what I'd like to do is to go back and and, and, and see what is it that God has done? What are the mercies of God? That's what Paul refers them to, the things that God has done. But you see, that's what motivates us to be the people of God or the mercies of God. We, we love because he first loved us. We respond to what God has done for us by presenting our lives before the living God as a living sacrifice. That's why... We do these things. Paul calls the message of chapters one through 11 in Romans, the mercies of God. Now I'm gonna share with you today those mercies that stand out in my life, that, that, I, that I recognize, that, that, that spoke to me. This is not somebody else's material today. This is my stuff. Um, and what I'd like to do is challenge you to read those first 11 chapters of Romans and see what mercies of God jump out to you. There's one commentary that I was reading that identified 32 mercies of God in those 11 chapters of Romans, 32 different mercies. What is it in those first 11 chapters that speaks to you that would cause you to say, God, here I am, use me. God, here I am. Take my life and let it be. God, here I am. What are the words to that song again? Those of you who sang it, y'all remember the words? Take my mind and transform it. Take my heart and conform it. Why would you do that? Because of the mercies of God that you have experienced in your life. And that's what Paul is trying to say, based on these first 11 chapters. And those first 11 chapters are are doctrine. We call doctrine is what God has done as you talk about the things of God. And that's what Paul presents in the first 11 chapters of, uh, of Romans. And then chapters 12 through 16 is... The results, Because of those mercies, this is why we are obedient to God and, and we respond in obedience to God. And he identifies some of those things in chapters 12 through 16. But I challenge you to read those first 11 chapters. I challenge you to do that. It, it was amazing to me when I read them and the things that I wrote down and the theme that came out. the the mercies of God that that were significant and meaningful for me and and there are many of them but I narrowed them down I narrowed them down because we've got some very exciting things to share with you this morning and I want you to have plenty of time to absorb that so I've narrowed them down to three different scriptures out of those first 11 chapters the first one is Romans chapter 6 verse 13 it's one you all know for the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life in christ jesus our lord the wages of sin the results of sin is death destruction but the gift of god what god does is he gives us something now let me see i've got I've got $5 here. Who wants it? Anybody want $5? Come on up here. You're very welcome. What just happened? I gave her $5. Did she earn it? Did she deserve it? It was a gift that I gave her. And that's what God has done for us. But there's one other piece to it. She is the only one who stood up and walked up here and took it. And if you're going to receive the gift of God, you've got to make that decision to receive it. You've got to be willing to, you know, we do it by saying before people publicly. I believe that this is what God has given to me through Jesus Christ. That's the gift of God. But we've got to receive that gift in order for it to be significant and meaningful. God offers that gift to everybody. For God so loved the whole world that he gave his only begotten son. But whosoever believeth in him, that's where you receive it. It's where you believe it. And if you believe it, then you've got to come and take it. Receive it in order to get the gift that God has given to you. How do we affirm that gift? How do do we receive that gift? Because you see, you're going to die. Every one of us will die. It's a result of sin entering the world, that rebellion against God. But God has given us something special. God saw that and realized that because we are, and by the way, Sin is not something that you do. It's something you are. We are all sinners and sinners sin. We're sinners by nature and that's what has to be changed. That's why we need the transformation. That's why we need our hearts and minds to be changed into the image of Jesus Christ because we're sinners and we need to change our human nature into that which reflects who God is. That's what we were created to be. But we've lost that. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is life, eternal and abundant. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done. By the mercies of God, I have the gift of life. Second scripture that I would share with you is Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. Romans 8, 1 and 2. Therefore, now, the therefore is again a conjunction that says what goes before it relates to what comes after it. But he's saying that because of what God has done, therefore, there is now no condemnation. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Therefore, doesn't matter whether I understand it or not. doesn't matter whether I feel it or not. It doesn't even matter whether I always get it right. I am trusting in Jesus Christ. And if I trust in Jesus Christ, there is no condemnation. By the mercies of God. Not because I deserve it, not because I've earned it, not because I'm that good. But there's no condemnation, there's no guilt, there's no shame, there's no penalty because of what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. By the mercies of God. In Christ, I am set free from the bondage of sin and death. In Christ, I have new life because of the mercies of God. By the mercy of God, I have life. And when I mess up, God does not condemn me because of the blood of Jesus Christ. By the mercy of God, we have life that's full and abundant. By the mercies of God, we don't have to feel guilt and shame. By the mercies of God, We realize we are forgiven. Friends, I don't know if you feel that or not, but I am grateful for that. I mess up a lot. And God forgives me and enables me to have joy and hope and life that is full and abundant because of his mercy. I don't deserve it. I haven't earned it, but he gives it to me. Have you ever experienced that kind of mercy? What God has done for us through Jesus Christ. The last verse that I'd share with you, and this is one of my favorite verses. And and you know this one, it's in Romans 8, verses 35 through 39. Romans 8, verses 35 through 39. Who? Shall separate us from the love of Christ. Can I hear an amen on that one? I heard a little amen back over here in the corner. Can the church say amen? Amen. Who can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written. nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. My friends, if you don't have victory in your life, that verse will give it to you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Absolutely nothing can separate you from the love of God. Do not fear this COVID stuff. God is going to see you through it. We have no fear in that. But, but, but notice, it's in these things. When you're going through those dangers, when you're in the midst of the storms, when, you're, when, you're, when you've got that sense of, of, of disease in your body, you don't have to be afraid. God's love is with you. The power of the love of God that is greater than death is with you. And nothing can separate you from that love. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that was demonstrated on the cross of Calvary through Jesus Christ our Lord. And if that doesn't give you victory and a sense of peace in the world that's fallen and around you, nothing will. By the mercy of God, we have victory over all of those storms and all the covid has disrupted life for all of us these snowstorms have disrupted life for all of us and we're in a pattern next weekend they're saying there's another one potentially building out there you know it doesn't matter god's got it and his love is with us in the middle of it and we don't have to worry about the present or the future because god has us in the palm of his hand and nothing can separate you from him absolutely nothing. A love stronger than death abides with us. Now, you may feel lonely. That's a feeling, but you're never alone. You may have depressed thoughts, and ever since I've had that COVID stuff, I've been having these anxiety attacks at night, and I laugh at them and try to forget about them, but it's a feeling. I say, okay, Lord, take care of this one. You can have those, but we still have the precious promises of God in the midst of it. And those promises gives us hope and peace in the middle of the storms. You can lose a loved one and God is still with you. He may not love you through that loved one, but the love of God remains with you. A love stronger than death Is with you wherever you go whatever you do whatever you're facing wherever you are in life the love of God is with you the God who created you the God who created the universe has promised to be with you with the power of his love by the mercy of God you didn't earn it you don't deserve it but God loves you and Paul is saying is by these mercies by all these things that God has done what what is our response how then shall we live what do we do in obedience to who God is how do we love him back how do we live Based on the mercies of God, well, these are some of the mercies of God that I present my body as a living sacrifice to God for him to use. Based on what God has done for me, it's only reasonable for me to serve God. It only makes sense. All that God has done for me in my life, the times that he has picked me up when I have messed up, the times that he has walked beside me and, and comforted me and the times that he's come behind me and, and, and fixed the, the brokenness that I have left behind me and the times that he's prepared a way for me into the future. All of those times and, and some of those, I, don't, I don't, didn't realize it until I look back on them. But looking back, and I see the hand of God moving and working in so many ways. And because of those mercies, because of, of what God has done for me, I lift up my life as a living sacrifice to use me, to change me, to transform me into the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. Only makes sense to me. You see, what triggered for me that response, I was in college and I I was raised in church I knew all the Bible stories and stuff, but then something happened. I thought if God created me and made me just the way I am, he should know more about me than I do. And it only made sense to me to to place my life into the hands of my creator. And let my creator use me to his glory and honor. Out of that commitment, this little country boy went to Africa. Out of that commitment, I went to seminary. Out of that commitment, I stand in front of you today and declare to you the faithfulness of God and this little country boy. And if God can do it for me, he can do it for you because God loves you, just the way you are, and He made you just the way you are. Thanks be to God. So what is your response? What have you experienced of God? And how will you respond? Will you give your life as a living sacrifice? to the God who gave his life for you. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for your mercy. And Father, we are here today only by your mercy and we thank you for what you have done and what you continue to do. And God, we we pray that as we uh, enter into these next few moments of deciding how we're going to respond to what you have done. Lord, we want to thank you for the gift that is ours. But we realize, Father, that in order to receive that gift, we have to receive it. We have to respond to it. Speak to us now, Lord, as only you can through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.